This is most certainly true. Jesus is the King, and He's coming soon. Our celebration of His Christmas arrival is coming soon, but His return is coming soon as well. Are you ready? He makes us ready through faith and opens our eyes to expect and to see and to welcome His return, to take us to live with Him forever. Get your hearts and lives more prepared for the King through this sermon, recently delivered at Grace. The Gospel for Christmas Eve, Luke's Gospel, Chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people today in the town of David. A Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them, and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The Gospel of the Lord. glad you walked through those doors this evening. There are several reasons for that. It's always nice from my view to see live faces in a bunch of them. A little bit different than about a year and a half ago, talking to the camera in an empty space. I'm also delighted 
on a Christmas Eve to greet dear friends and welcomed guests. But there's another even bigger reason why I'm so thrilled that you walked through those doors this evening. We get to share together and celebrate the wonder of the greatest Christmas gift of all. You heard it clearly announced in the first reading from Isaiah chapter 9 and the gospel account from Luke chapter 2. There it is in all its sparkling glory. To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Christ, the Lord. It's the concluding verses from the Christmas Eve Gospel in Luke chapter 2, which I read earlier, the concluding verses that catch our eye and ear this evening so that we can think about the Christmas message's impact on our lives, not just as we have now entered these doors and contemplated, but the enduring impact of that Christmas message once we walk out those doors. The angel's announcement, the angelic choir, the sprint to the stable by the shepherds, the baby wrapped in his strips of cloth blanket, a secret, a clandestine encounter, a black ops operation by God to infiltrate our world and hide in obscurity, Hardly. When the shepherds had seen the child, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. We usually picture a preacher or proclaimer as somebody up in front of the worship space, like I am right now, with alb and stole someone who has been theologically trained to mind the depths of the Holy Scriptures and to be trained to publicly proclaim what God says from Holy Scripture. The shepherds of Bethlehem wore robes, but not like this. Likely had some kind of scarf, but not like this. They didn't stand in front of people. They stood in front of sheep. Simple folk who believed the angel's announcement, saw the Messiah in the manger, and then spread the word. They simply proclaimed what they had seen and heard. No special training, no formal training. They simply were talking and telling, conversing, and communicating preaching, proclaiming what they had seen and heard. God wants all Christians to be proclaimers. This you know. A few hours earlier this afternoon, the children of Grace Church were up here at the front and served as proclaimers of the Christmas message. Their parents invited friends and relatives, and in that role, in their invitation, they were serving as proclaimers but I understand that there is some hesitancy that many, if not most, people have when they hear 
I am a proclaimer. God says that to you. Well, I'm not a big fan of being uncomfortable and getting into theological debates. What if people I'm talking to think I'm weird or reject me? And besides, what am I supposed to say? Can we learn something from the Bethlehem shepherds? When they proclaimed, surely they spoke about the surprising appearance of an angel, the extraordinary sight and sounds of the angelic singing, the poor and humble living quarters for a young woman and her newborn baby. But their primary message was not a sensational description of angels to arouse amazement or an emotional description of a baby to stir up sympathy. No. The shepherds spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child and what had been told them. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah. He's the Christ, the Lord. Did you hear the three parts of the message they were to proclaim? Did you catch all three parts? If it's about a Savior, that tells us that somebody somewhere needs saving. And you know what that means. If somebody somewhere needs saving, then everybody everywhere needs saving. It is about you and it is about I. It's about me understanding that we need saving. God entered our world because we needed him to do that. Otherwise, we'd be stuck trying to save ourselves, and we can't. And if this baby is the Lord, that pegs his identity as, as God in human flesh. And if he is the Messiah, the Christ, that trumpets his activity as our great prophet, priest, and king who tells us the truth about how we connect with God, who sacrificed himself to make it happen, and who rules as king of kings and lord of lords forever. There may be people who want to engage you in a debate about COVID protocols and whether the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict was fair who want you to accept death as a viable option for a pregnant woman's baby even though the baby has nothing to say about it, who want you to be challenged by their conviction that religion is the reason for most wars getting started, who want you to buy into their supposition that God did not make the world in six natural 24-hour days and that there have been and will be no miracles ever. Whose first question for you is, how do you know the Bible is true? All of those challenges and all of those questions can be answered very calmly and logically and lovingly and tactfully. But our first response to people does not need to be something that starts an argument. Proclaim like the shepherds. Simply say what you have seen and heard. And to follow the shepherd's example, then our proclaiming has the same three parts as we highlight the Savior's need, our need for the Savior, his identity and his activity. The shepherds also give us more than a subtle hint as to the target audience. 
They proclaimed to everyone they met the Christ child sort of has that effect. When I'm sitting in my basement rec room and watching one of my favorite sports teams, I would do it always with DVR because that way I can fast forward through the commercials at halftime and just watch the highlights, get the final score, and then I hit delete and it's done. But if my team is playing a really challenging opponent and they come from behind and they win when they're not expected to, <laughs> I'm jumping out of my chair, aren't you? <laughs> if you're a fan. And I just want to call somebody, text somebody and tell them. Which is better, for your favorite team to be on the path to the playoffs or for you to be on the path to paradise? It's Christmas Eve. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here because you get a chance to not keep any secrets. Why keep it a secret? I know what's going to happen when you walk out those doors. You won't be able to resist it, telling what you have heard and seen because the Christ child makes such a difference, leading us to proclaim. And there's the baby sleeping in her arms. The shepherds bursting in, breathless, from their run from the fields. The cattle are lowing. The baby awakes. The little Lord Jesus, plenty of crying he makes, in spite of what we sing in the song. And all those fantastic facts and all these tremendous truths, Mary is mulling around and pondering back and forth in her heart, absorbing, weighing, considering, contemplating, pondering, believing. The Bible account tells us Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. She remembered what the angel had said to her. You'll give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus, who will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. So what is she mulling about in her mind? What is she holding in her heart? What is she pondering? What is she considering and thinking? The two miracles of Christmas. The one miracle, of course, she became pregnant by a miracle of God. But the greater miracle... The God who is so vast and so big, he goes beyond human understanding. The only God there is, the holy God before whom sinners cannot stand. The God of all power and might and majesty wraps himself in the form of a little baby and she's holding God in her arms. Martin Luther, a theologian from 500 years ago, put it this way. It's God's will that his word not only hover on the tongue like foam on the water, but that it be pressed into the heart and remain such a mark and spot as no one can wash off, just as though it had grown there and is a natural thing which does not permit itself to be erased. Such a heart was that of the Virgin Mary, in which the words remained as though engraved there. As we get so excited to join the shepherds in proclaiming that God has sent his Son to be our Savior, we don't want to forget Mary-like pondering and to think what this message means for you and for me and to apply and to take to heart the bad news about our sin and the good news about our Savior. It's Christmas Eve, and I'm really glad that you're here.
because I know what will happen when you walk out those doors. You're going to be mulling about in your mind and holding in your heart what God is saying to you with this Christmas gift. He's saying to you, It's okay. I know, I know what's in your mind, what's stirring about COVID, Delta, Omicron, inflation, relationships gone sour, hurt feelings, loneliness, even at Christmas time, all these things. Trouble at the job. Do I go in person? Do I have to stay at home? Is this good? Is this bad? All these things mulling about. Shh. God is saying tonight with this Christmas, Shh, it's okay. I am your God, and I am with you. I will always be with you, and you will always be with me and forever in heaven because the Christ child makes such a difference and leads us to ponder what he means for us. <laughs> but those, those crazy shepherds, huh? They couldn't wait. They heard the angel's announcement and they were booking their way to the village of Bethlehem outside of which they were taking care of their sheep in the fields nearby. Couldn't wait to get there. Why, why did they go? To prove that the angel's announcement was true? No, no, no. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They accepted the angel's announcement as God's own truth. They went to the stable not to dispel doubt, but to worship. And they returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Their ongoing praise was merely a reflection of the praise that began for them at the manger. The Christmas message of God sending His Son into the world to be a Savior is true. Without question, God is who He says He is, and He does what he says he does. He said he's going to send the Savior into the world, and he did. He says he's going to take you to heaven, and he's going to do that. He makes his promises, and he keeps everyone. I could cast out for you thousands of Bible passages that underscore that brilliant truth. How about this one? God speaking through his prophet Isaiah. I will not forget you. I have cast your sins away like the morning mist and your offenses like the dew. I have redeemed you. I'm so glad you're here this evening because I know what's going to happen when you walk out those doors. Every day, in every way, you're going to want to be praising your God, worshiping Him, that is, proclaiming back to Him and to everyone else and saying and praising what He has done for you because the Christ child makes such a difference, leading us to praise with our whole life and everything we do every day. Compared to all the other holidays we experience throughout a year, Christmas is probably the biggest, wouldn't you say? Store owners start getting ready the day after Halloween. Christmas decorations and displays and sales go on for more weeks than any other holiday. But, but what happens after Christmas? <laughs> Christmas displays and decorations disappear faster than dust bunnies under a vacuum. Maybe that's true in your house, too. 
You spend a good deal of time getting ready for Christmas, right? And you enjoy Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, open a few gifts. And then what happens after Christmas? Well, you open those gifts. Wrapping paper is crumpled up, tossed away. The boxes are squished, dumped into the recycle bin. Ornaments and decorations are packed away for another year. The tree is disassembled, if it's fake, or tossed to the curb, if it's real. So much for Christmas! What happens after Christmas? That's why I'm so glad you're here. To learn from the shepherds and from Mary. Together we entered this worship space to meditate and marvel, to sing and celebrate. And together we'll walk out those doors to proclaim, ponder, and praise because the Christ child makes such a difference. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace, to support the work that we do to proclaim the love of Jesus in Milwaukee and around the world, and to find our schedule of special worship services, please visit www.gracedowntown.org today. And we'd love to have you join us for worship sometime soon. This grace is for you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.